All right. Um, visionaries. Believers, visionaries. Today is a special day. Noah, do you know what day it is today? Yeah. Three days before my birthday in real life, but is that true? Release. This will be one day. One day after my birthday, actually. Mm. Yeah. Well, on the day of this recording, it happens to be Mr. Ryan Johnson's birthday. Oh, wait, actually, I kind of knew that. I think I saw him post about that. Yeah. I'm wearing I'm wearing my wow. Ryan Johnson shirt in celebration. What a victorious day. We made it. We're kind of in I don't know, can you call it lockdown? Um, it's the rules are weird. Kind of. Like I don't fully understand. It's what... kind of like a half-assed lockdown. It really is. And so like... Um so we're not allowed to like see anyone ever. Theoretically. Unless we're in, in, in like, a mall. Yeah. Or or a store. Is there still... Because there was before the thing where it's, like, if you are one person alone, you can, like, have a cohort with people or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so the rules with that, they're kind of complicated, but also kind of dumb. So the, with the I live alone now because my roommates moved out for... A, a small, hopefully a small period of time. Yeah. At least for the foreseeable future. Um, but basically, I live alone now, and that means technically I can have a cohort with two other single people. Mm-hmm. Now that means, as in two people who also live alone. Yeah. Now I assume that also stretches to like two people who live by themselves. Yeah. Like, um, like, like for example, Logan and Dion. Yeah. Um, they actually offered to be my cohort. Now, the thing is, though, it was either, like, choose friends or choose my family, and my family provides me more food. That's fair. So, any- anyway, I-, I go home to visit my family, and they're technically my cohort. And that's still... The rules on that are even debatable, because technically it's three of them, but, like, yeah. it's still one household. So, I like, it's really weird. I don't I, I don't my, understand the rules, but I live alone. Yeah, like, my, my stance is kind of, like, if you are staying safe and you're not, like, doing dumb parties and stuff, then I'm not super concerned. Oh, I'm not really so much concerned about spreading yeah. corona at this point in time. I'm concerned about getting a $1,000 fine. I, but how would they find you? Like, how would they... There's no way Nosy for them to neighbors. that. Neighbors don't Nosy care that neighbors. much. You'd be surprised. Um, the amount of stories I've heard about people getting ticketed because they parked in front of the wrong street at Ambrose. That's like rich people at Ambrose, though. This isn't like people in an apartment building who are just vibing with nothing better to do. Ambrose is rich people neighborhood. Like, yeah. I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know my neighbors well enough to That's know what fair. they would or wouldn't do. I'm so like because the position that I'm in, like my roommates are both leaving for like the holidays because they both live out of town. Oh snap! Um, so I'm gonna have like a week or two, possibly, like after this weekend. There's like a week or two where I'm gonna be alone, and so I figure I will probably have to like contact you or Haley and 
be like, I need help getting groceries because I do not have a car. Oh, no. So there's that. Um. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I yeah. mean, yeah, I can I can help out with that. Yeah. Or Haley. Haley's closer. If Haley's close. Not a whole lot happens at my house. And so there's just news and I haven't heard any of it. And I'm just chilling alone. I'm like, okay. Well, you still have roommates. That's true. But like... For now. Like, we don't... We'll have like meals together and like sometimes chat but it's not like we'll like play games or whatever and like like austin is usually doing work um of some sort schubert's usually doing something you don't you don't tuck schubert in every night no that's just sad i'm sorry yeah not a whole lot's happen happening with me either i mean i actually here's the thing though i kind (laughs) of like living alone no, yeah, like I'm I'm kind of psyched to have like a week or so where I can just vibe, but it is when it comes down to like groceries and stuff, it's kinda like we'll see how that works. But I also I don't know. My family's being weird. Cause like my parents oh. are definitely not coming out because they're in Manitoba and et cetera, et cetera. And so my sister wants to do something, which is fair, because it's just kinda like her and Thomas, and I can probably, like, legally make that work. But then she's... Yeah. Apparently she's also going to do something with, like, my brother-in-law's family, like, Boxing Day or something. I'm like, that's dumb. Don't... Mm. Don't do that. So, I think I might... She was like, do you, do you want to come to, like, one of these or both of these? I don't know. Probably message her and be like, I might do, like... Christmas Eve and Christmas with, like, you and Thomas. That way it's just the three of us. It's fine. Yeah. Well, man, okay, people's responses to some of these restrictions genuinely... It's pissing me off now. It's not that hard to just not do anything. Like, I I, I need to... I've Someone posted this recently on my Facebook. Mm. This is a full supposedly well-researched quote-unquote yeah quote-unquote well-researched i don't know response to the restrictions or to just covid19 in general Mm -hmm. okay so i'm gonna read this out and we're gonna respond to it it's not that long and i'm gonna skip through some of it because some of it's just pointless but like okay so it's copied from someone else but the person who posted it said but the the world needs to read this and use their brains, okay? <laughs> that, that's the perspective we're coming from. So here, here's what this says. 142 people died of COVID in Canada yesterday. That sounds alarming, right? I, I would agree. Yeah. Um, I think that's the goal, to alarm us. It is alarming, but it got <laughs> me thinking, what if they threw all kinds of numbers at us every day? Would COVID still be the most popular in social media? Perhaps. Maybe if we heard comparison numbers, we would feel different. Maybe. So, this person is trying to downplay the COVID deaths. Yeah. In Canada. Already. We get that to the perspective. And they're trying to do that by comparing it to other deaths that happen in Canada every year. So, these are the numbers they use without citations. Nice. So, I don't even know if they're accurate. Nice. They could just be BSing. But mm-hmm. here, here's an example of some of the numbers. So... Just to give some perspective, because they didn't include this, Canada's had 14,000 COVID deaths so far this year. Okay. That's and 100 and, 
uh, what is it? What they say in the post? 140 people died of COVID yesterday, and I think there was 141 today, for example. Probably. So, so we're go- we're in like 140 to 150 range of deaths right mm-hmm. now per day for COVID. So they compare it to suicide deaths, which average 11 per day last year. And I'm like, okay, that's sad, but don't understand why you would even post that. It doesn't help your point at all. No, it doesn't. They put cancer deaths, which was 80,000 last year and about 220 a day. And I'm like, so you're saying we almost have as many COVID deaths today as cancer deaths. Yeah. That, again, does not help your your point at all. And they're like, I couldn't find how many people died of the flu. And I'm like, that's because our flu numbers have been nothing this year because we've all been wearing masks. No, it's true. Um. Okay, then this, the only interesting one they posted was apparently 275,000 people died of heart disease last year. That makes sense. And I'm like, dang, that's actually a lot. It, yeah, it is. But it makes sense. Is that Canadian? I, I want to verify Probably. that. Probably. The funny thing to me about those comparisons is it's like, okay, sure, but this is also like a hundred plus deaths that we could just not be having if we were being smart about this. Like, I don't, I don't care what the comparisons are. We could just eliminate one of these statistics like super easily. That's and that's that's literally that's a point I'm going to build to. Yeah. Um, I can't find actually the stats on heart number of heart disease deaths. Oh, there we go. 2013 let's see um yeah no it looks about right i mean in 2013 we had about 112,000 heart disease deaths so it wouldn't surprise me if it was as high as that yeah heart disease is like a common thing so yeah heart disease deaths sure but then and they argue that that <laughs> if i if i heard that every day i'd probably eat more veggies and less deep fried goodness why aren't people boycotting places like mcdonald's and i'm like have you never heard of vegetarianism or the vegan movement? <laughs> it doesn't like exist. people are, people are boycotting these things, like, and then they talked about drunk drivers, and I'm like, what? They argued that that means five people die a day on average, and we still sell alcohol, and I'm like, what? What's your argument here? Like, it is significantly less than COVID deaths per day. Yeah. And you want to ban the sale of alcohol because why? Yeah. Like, just like how wearing masks in stores is required. It's also illegal to drink and drive. It's not like this is a whole new thing and, oh, oh, we've never actually put a law in place about not drinking and driving. No, like, it is illegal. So it's up to personal responsibility at that point, which is just like COVID. I don't, I don't understand the point here. Like, alcohol is not the problem. Just, like, getting, like, having COVID is not the problem. It's what you do once you have it, or if you don't know you have it. My favorite is and any, then they to- any one of these takes always starts off with, like, yeah, use your brain. Um, and then it's just, I know. just feeding off, like, the, the far-right machine instead of, like, actually thinking it through. Yeah, exactly. And then... Like, so then they compare it to, like, diabetes deaths and stroke deaths. And, like, all of them end up averaging either below or right around COVID deaths. And I'm like, so your point is COVID is actually fairly significantly a portion of the death this year. Yeah. And then they brought up... And then they brought up 5.6 million children die each year from hunger. And I'm like, yes, in the world. That's not Canadian deaths. Mm -hmm. And 
and they're like, we choose to close our eyes and ignore it. And I'm like, while there is an issue that we do need to do more to help people around the world who are poor and suffering, I don't think we've ignored it. Yeah. I think capitalism has required that certain people ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> like, there are... It is funny, because this is clearly a capitalist post, because they're talking about how jobs were lost. Mm. And then they go on about how people are hungry and need food. And I'm like... You know what the problem is there, right? Yeah. This one, this one's mind blowing. It's like two hundred thousand people died over the age of seventy in Canada last year. I'm like, yeah, that that typically is what happens with with the elderly. Like, <laughs> what what do you want us to do about that? You can't stop old age. We can, however, prolong the life of our elders by wearing masks and social distancing, so that they don't get the virus and die there's so many takes yeah too that are like we have to we can't lock down because it's gonna kill the economy or this and this and i'm like you realize the economy's fake like money doesn't actually exist we can money is just a thing that we've all socially agreed has a value if we just all said hey this is dumb Let's just put more money into the system so that we're not all broke. We can do that. And that's fine. It's true. Like, I, I get that, like, economy and, like, theory and such is technically more, like, complicated than that. But also, it's all fake. The government can just put out and create more money. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. I can, and, uh, this post just gets worse. So they drop all these numbers that may or may not be accurate. And their argument is that if you look at the deaths over the last five years in Canada, they all average about the same. In fact, this fall has the least deaths over the five the last five years. So tell me again how COVID is threatening to overwhelm us. And I'm like, you realize it's not the deaths, but the hospitalizations. And that's the other thing. That are overwhelming the healthcare system. Like, they ignore that this entire post. Oh, yeah. People focus, like, they hyper-focus on the deaths. And this is, like, every kind of, like, um, not even, like, deniers, but people who are, like, suspect of this or that or whatever. Every one of them is, like, well, there's only this many deaths. And I'm, like, okay, sure. But you look at the number of people getting hospitalized. You look at the number of, like, healthy adults and, like, young adults who are getting COVID and coming out with, like, long-term, like, lung problems and such. And, like, we have no idea what the long-term consequences of this thing is, but they don't look good. This isn't necessarily about death. This is about people, like, yeah. It's it's so much more than that. It's a, it's a combination of things. Like, yeah, we do want to prevent deaths. We also sure. want to prevent long-term serious consequences yeah. of getting this virus, mm-hmm. and also overwhelming our healthcare system. Yeah, exactly. The absurd thing about this is people are like, "Well, this is going to happen regardless," and it's like, "No, we knew about this in like December." Mm-hmm. Um, like That's I, true. I remember Bernie Burns tweeting in December, if not earlier than I, it probably would have happened in December, but it being like, "Hey." There's this thing happening in China. We all need to be like aware of this because this is going to affect us. People who were smart and were watching the world knew that this was coming, but 
like a lot of people just chose not to react to it. And now we're at the place we're at now. So this post goes on to argue that there are 500 elderly people who die each day and it's so sad and they're locked away now because um, they're all these patriotic COVID supporters are locking up our grandparents, our parents. <laughs> it's abusive, absolutely abusive in every sense of the word. In what sense? And of the I'm word? like, you realize we are not we're in a no contact situation with people in long term care homes because we don't want them to die. Yeah. Like. How are you that freaking dense that you think it's just so that you don't people don't see their grandparents? Yeah. Oh god, this part I didn't I don't understand. They argued that sure COVID is contagious. It's valid with a transmission rate of 1%. And I'm like I have never heard that transmission rate. Yeah. For no. one thing. I don't know where you got your source, but the only thing I found that's even remotely any kind of transmission rate is that is the R value that they've been basing it off of. And the R value is that one person will infect one other person. Not 1%. It means that if you have COVID, you are guaranteed to infect one other person. Mm. And so they go off about how, oh, the government's trying to control us, controlling what we say, how close we stay to our loved ones, who we can see, who we can ride in our car. It controls everything we talk about on the internet. It's not controlling how much we spend, just where we spend it. Um, who the F, they didn't even swear, they just put a bunch of, like, exclamation marks and stuff, gave COVID so much power. Oh, right, the politicians. Yeah. Those... Who love us like we were their children? I don't understand that. Strange. Um, I, I didn't understand that one at all. And then they, they're they like, you eat an apple that is sprayed, you fly in planes, you drive cars, you walk across the street, you eat peanuts out of the local pub's infested bowl, you get a little water from the river in your mouth and keep swimming. Wait, we what? take risks every day. I would rather die of COVID surrounded by my family than live isolated and alone. Okay. <clears throat> this is such a weird... Because I saw this... I saw... I think I shared it with you. I saw a similar post that was like, y'all are going to look back in a year or eventually going to look back and you're not going to remember a year where you were hanging out with friends or family. You're going to remember a year where you like were shut up in your house alone. And I'm like, I don't, first of all, I don't care. <laughs> like, that that mm-hmm. isn't something that bothers me. Um, but more than that, like, I would way, I would much rather spend a year um, being quote unquote alone as if I'm not still like messaging people and calling people and this and this. Um, exactly. I, w- I would rather be doing that in the interest of like helping people and the interest of like helping myself, et cetera, et cetera, than just selfishly running around doing stuff in the sake of quote unquote freedom, which is like, first of all, no. I mean, you have people who are like, the vaccine's gonna have a chip in it. And it's like, you, you're posting this from your iPhone that everyone is tracking you on. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like, you're already chipped, bud. Um, if you're gonna worry about it, this is not the time to start. Uh, it, it's ridiculous. And then look, this part might be my favorite because they just kind of lose all like perspective and it kind of just devolves. So they go off about oh, how yeah. you're more likely to be murdered in Calgary than be killed by the virus if you're under the age of 60 or how you're more likely to be struck by lightning than die under the age of 20. It's not and they use, they use their, these stats 
to argue that, oh, no, this doesn't warrant a global shutdown. Tell me again that something bigger isn't driving this nonsense. And they then say every life matters. And I'm like, man, they should have just said all lives matter just to make it clear. But we aren't concerned with all the toxic garbage on the supermarket shelves, which, by the way, is the number one cause of heart disease and cancer. And I'm like, what? Vague, like, what are you referring to for one thing? All you said was toxic garbage on the supermarket shelves. Like, you realize fruit is on the supermarket shelves. Yeah, it's toxic garbage. Well, the, like, go- the government everything is spraying, toxic garbage? The government is spraying fruit, too, so, like, nothing safe. Yeah, exactly. The government's is spraying everything. Yeah. Um, everything's injected. The, the only thing to do is to live off the grid, which is, like, not exactly. a bad idea, but... Gra- grab your guns. Yeah, they're like we don't fight mental illness in this nation. We ignore it. So why? Why is COVID stealing the thunder? And while I will argue more needs to be done, I think there have been significant movements in um, raising awareness about mental mental illness and providing means for people to get help. Mm -hmm. Especially in recent years, like you can't just say we ignore it. (laughs) I mean, you can just you you actually hundred percent can just go and say things on the internet. I mean, you can't. I guess you can, but it doesn't make it true. So their their final argument. When the government stops selling cigarettes, the leading cause of cancer, sugary cereals and Cheetos, number one cause of childhood obesity, and MSG and aspartame that poison people, and all the dyes and preservatives our government approves for human consumption, consumption, then we can talk about how they care about our health and well-being. Until then, I would rather be with my friends and family at Christmas and take my chances with COVID. I would also like to be free to work, earn a living, and move about the world the way I could have nine short months ago. This may be the biggest crime against humanity the world has ever seen. I, I guess we just forgot about the Holocaust. Yeah, uh, and every other mass genocide yeah. that's occurred. Um, I like how they said cigarettes were the leading cause of cancer and the supermarket shelf garbage was also yeah. the leading cause of cancer. Oh yeah, both. Um, I don't understand. Let, let's think this through. Why would the government want to stop businesses for an entire year? What does that accomplish? Supposedly, it has to do... Yeah, actually, I can answer this, I think. The argument is that the government is trying to... The government is trying to cause or create the Great Reset, where communism will finally be the leading ideology and everyone will lose all of their private rights oh i'm super on board let's bring communism is, is that's the end result of covid excellent i know i'm like the <laughs> reset sounds pretty decent i'm not gonna lie but like um, the government's not gonna be the people to do that they're the ones who benefit the most from capitalism <laughs> the great reset is from a more balanced perspective i just gave their understanding of it it's a proposal by the world economic forum to rebuild the economy sustainably following the covid19 pandemic it was unveiled in may 2020 by prince charles and klaus schwab the wef director Um, it seeks to improve capitalism by making investments more geared toward mutual progress and focusing more on environmental initiatives (laughs) i know this seems bad (laughs) the conspiracy theory has been that it will be used to bring in a supposed new world order with, I guess, Prince Charles at the head. <laughs> I'm like, sure. That's I'm down. not the leader I would have expected. I'm down. Let's do it. Prince Charles. 
Like, this all sounds, the Great Reset sounds pretty good to me. More socialism, more fairness, more, like, actually, you know the whole hunger thing that was in this post? Oh, children are hungry? Well, this would help. Yeah. This would also help with environmental concerns. It would help probably with mental health because we wouldn't have, what is it, like, dog-eat-dog? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, it sounds like a pretty good thing to me. But instead, you're so concerned about <laughs> your freaking freedoms being taken away, which they're not. You have to wear a mask in public, and you can't see people for a month. Yeah, which, to, per- to slow the spread. After like what four months of school, where I like regularly had masks on in like the mall and etc., you don't notice. It's fine. Um, exactly. Like, unless you have a specific, I guess, anxiety about that, like, which I, I like, it's fine. It's, it's so unobtrusive. It's not, I, I mean, I haven't worn, I, I will say I haven't worn a mask as much as other people because I stay at home all day. Fair. But like, when I have gone out, it really isn't that annoying. And no, my not. mom's been wearing a mask at her work for eight hours a day. Yeah. So like... There are worse things. Like, you have to wear shirts in public. You have to wear pants in public. Much to Noah's chagrin. Yeah. I mean, public nudity should be legal, but that's not the point here. The point is that you already have to wear a clothing item. So what's the difference with putting a little mask over your mouth? No, it's it's true. The, the thing is, like, there's like, this weird uh, movement, because this all starts in the U.S., um, where does. in the U.S. you have this far-right QAnon um, obsession, uh, th- this whole, like, Second Amendment, like, all these all these different things where it's, like, we fought for our freedom and we need to keep fighting for our freedom because that's, like, the entire mentality. And mm-hmm. it gets, like, shipped up to Canada somehow, even though Canada is, like, significantly more centrist than the U.S. is. Um, yep, and it, it it's just it gets brought up to Canada with like none of the context that the U.S. has, which like makes it understandable, even if it's still insane. And it's like you're, you don't know what you're talking about. We live in Canada. This is like a pseudo socialist country already. Like, stop. <laughs> I I think people wish it was more like the U.S. Yeah. Even though the U.S. is broken, I yeah, I mean, oh god, that's a whole other discussion. Oh, it is. The U.S. is just a mess, and now they've apparently had the largest cyber security attack in the history of the the country. Yikes! Because Trump fired the head of their cyber security force. Yeah, that sounds about right. Ah. <sighs> We only have to wait 23 days. I mean, 33 days. I wish it was... For vaccines? No, 33 days until Trump is gone. Oh, yeah. That will be good. We can't just pretend like everything's okay. I mean, we can if we want. That's that's called escapism, and it's the reason we have so many anti-maskers and whatnot. I don't think so. Escapism is generally a good thing. Escapism? Yeah. I don't think so. C.S. Lewis would disagree with you. 
It depends on the kind of escapism. If you're trying to pretend something doesn't exist, or maybe denial, maybe, I guess, is a better word. Yeah, escapism and denial are two very different things. I, I'm going to Google this. Denial vs. escapism. You, you're probably right. I don't know. I've always thought of escapism as not like a positive thing. It's like a self-deception. But like, reading a book is escapism. Yeah, but so is catching a flight on a private jet to no, it your isn't. island. That's, not a, that's escaping. escaping. That's not what escapism is. But is that not a form of escapism? Like, I don't think so. It's not what I would talk, classify it as. Hold on, here, here's a good article. What are you running away from? Dealing with escapism. Escape, escapism occurs when you are trying to avoid something. It can come in different forms. People, Some people escape by seeking out alternate activities, such as sleeping and playing. Some people drown themselves in work. See, this is how I understood escapism. Like, like drugs and alcohol would be but, a form of escapism. Th- but, like, to say that's all escapism is just so, like... No. Well, I'm saying those are escapes, like those are examples of escapism, but not all escapism is perhaps negative. Maybe that's not what you said, though. What did I say? I don't remember. You were like escapism is bad. End point. This needs to be noted. I genuinely just listened through the entire last, well, three four minutes, and I never once said escapism is bad. I said escapism causes anti-maskers, which is to some extent true. I said that I never considered escapism necessarily a positive thing, which I also still stand by. And I also said there are different kinds of escapism. I never once just said escapism is bad, end point. I never even said escapism is a, a negative thing, end point. I certainly did give examples of ways in which escapism can have negative effects on people. Hence why I called it a self-deception. But, I, again, I never once said, all escapism is bad. So, I, 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 I'm I, being misrepresented here. And I just feel like that does need to be pointed out. Like, no. Escapism well, is a thing. Like, saying eating food is bad. Like, no. I think it depends on how you are escaping. Like, I think it can... I think oftentimes it ends up becoming a bad thing because then you aren't dealing with the reality of the situation. Yeah, but you can say that about literally anything. Yeah, but I don't know. It keeps you away from being present in the moment. Depends what you mean by that, though. I guess um, I think we just have two different definitions of escape. I just I have I have in my head an article where like either Lewis or Tolkien, one of them was like, because they would get accused of like, you're just writing like dumb escapism. And they're like, yeah, the world sucks. Like, people should not be faulted for wanting to experience, like, a better world than what we have. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. You you wouldn't, See, fault, that... you wouldn't fault, like, a prisoner for wanting to, like, get out of jail. But the the reality of the situation is realizing that you're the only one keeping yourself imprisoned. That's not true. <laughs> Depending on which type of we just talked about, about the freaking capitalist government we are like yeah but i mean talking from a more metaphysical sense i should say yeah i think there's crossover even in a physical prison you can be free can you that seems like a very like privileged thing to say i don't think it's necessarily privileged i think it's just i'm basically going back to descent into hell and how hell is a matter of a mindset. Sure. But, like, 
that's also like you can be free and imprisoned and imprisoned and be free is my point yeah it just seems very like like you're like reductionist i mean it's simplified for sure i get uh, my point is that you can genuinely have people in prison who are free for all intents and purposes because they see things differently and you can have people living their lives and be enchained by their sure. own um, mindset or like capitalism for example like the there are different there i guess it's a different understanding of freedom and, and imprisonment how did we get on this point. conversation i don't really remember i feel like i think is... you you Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, you brought up C.S. Lewis and, and Tolkien. That's how we well, got here. Well, you talked about escapism first, and I was like, let's not... I don't know. We're we're meandering at this I point. I guess maybe... maybe here's, here's my issue, maybe, with escapism. It comes down to escapism versus true freedom. I think, like... I don't know if escapism is necessarily, like, intrinsically a search for freedom, though. What would you call well, it in a, uh, like, a if search I, for? If I'm, like, th- I'm bored... Um, sure. I'm going to go play a, like a video game or I'm going to go read a book. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm denying my true freedom. No, I didn't say it was, but putting, but putting those in like such a harsh dichotomy is like, well, you can like do your stupid escapism thing, or you can have true freedom and reach a metaphysical state of mind. And I'm like that. No, you can do both. I'm not saying it's one or the other, but but I am saying that one is like real and one is n- not as as real. I don't want to say one is real and one is not because then it would be a dichotomy. Yeah. But one one is clearly like illusory. Like you are playing a video game, a video game that is not real, but it can have real impacts on you. It can really change Noah, your frame of Noah, mind. It can I think, really. I think you need to speak in less dualistic terms. Sure, as if I didn't just spend the last like three minutes trying to represent this in a way that wasn't dualistic. If it, if I were just being dualistic terms, I would say video games bad, and that's not what I'm saying. It's not what you're trying. But to I am say. saying it's what you're kind of following. Video game, into. video games are illusory. They're not real. So is that intrinsically bad? That isn't intrinsically bad. Okay. Nothing is intrinsically good or bad. So so what's the problem with something being illusory then? There is no problem with it. Okay. But it's also not real. So what's the problem? There is no significant problem, but you aren't experiencing the world in a way that you could if you were to experience the real. Are you suggesting the real is better? Again, I'm not saying good so, or bad. So then why should why why should I experience the real? You shouldn't. Okay, then you should I won't. do whatever you want. <laughs> That's fine. My point is just that you will be living into an illusion versus living into what is fundamentally real. You are staring at the cave at, at, you are looking at the shadows in the cave versus experiencing the real thing. And that's okay. It's fine. Most people do that. That is literally what probably ninety five percent of the world. It's why we have people who are who who believe money can solve all problems. Who I believe mean, that money is the source of all happiness. Money can solve a lot of problems. Sure, but again, it's only as you said earlier. It's not real. Sure, our means of economy is all made up. But this is where we come back again to like 
because of the system that we live in, there are limits, there are chains, regardless of whatever. Like, I don't know, I saw a quote from like, like a bunch of therapists or something earlier this week where it was like, mm-hmm. people don't need therapy as much as like people need money. Like people need to not be living in poverty where they can't actually afford anything and they're getting stressed out by like the world which is all a result of like the capitalist system um and so to be like well the system doesn't matter you just need like inner peace or whatever is like this is where i'm like there is privilege in that statement because you're just saying well if people who are oppressed just had more of the real or more inner peace then everything would be fine which isn't necessarily true my my point is not that systems aren't real or don't have real consequences maybe mm-hmm. is what i'm trying to say obviously they do as we've discussed mm-hmm. but but i am arguing that the system doesn't necessarily require that you live into it mm-hmm. Even then, though, like, if I were to just say I'm not engaging in the capitalist system anymore, what I would basically have to do is I would have to make a cottage, build my own cottage in the middle of nowhere, have, like, a garden and, like, livestock and all these different things, and just completely live off the grid, which is doable, but it's a lot of work. And not everyone has access to that. It's true, and this is something Peter Rollins get, uh, got into in one of uh, a podcast episode I heard him um, mm. heard him in, and he talked about how if we realize, if we truly knew, if we had the awareness of how much we are a part of the system and how much the system affects every single thing we do oh, yeah. from like a, a physical perspective, yeah, like you cannot you cannot get milk without some form of abuse having been um, undertaken. You cannot. Um, get any electronic parts without being the result of child labor. Like, genuinely, every aspect of what you do to get out of the system would legitimately require, like, returning to nature and just... Oh, absolutely. ...avoiding everything. So, from, like, a physical perspective, you can't really... You're you're right. From a physical perspective, it's almost impossible to escape the system for most people. But I still think... Unless we change our mindset, unless we change how we view the world and how we view each other, we can't change the system we're living into. So I, basically what I'm saying is we have to be free in order to free other people from the system, mm. and you if think, that makes sense. And you think that comes from not having any escapism? Um, no, I clearly never said that not having escapism is what offers freedom. I am saying there is freedom, real freedom, that comes with shifting your perspective and seeing things through a different lens, a non-dual lens, that offers true, real freedom. I am not saying that that means you can't have any form of escapism. I am not saying that not having escapism is what gives you freedom. And sometimes I will say that people will be like, would would take escapism as being enough as being it just gets you to it gets you through the day and that's all you need and that's okay too but i am saying that there is a more real free uh, there's a, a more real freedom and when you're really free and you see the shadows for the shadows and the real for the real you're able to make a real difference 
in the world. You're able to see things as they are, and then you can really make changes. Again, I'm not saying that escapism is inherently bad. Everybody does it. I certainly do it. (laughs) This, This entire tangent is basically just me, like... I don't want to say straining you along, but it's it's a lot of like. Hey, you're prompting me to say more things, so it's good. I appreciate you ever we're having all this conversation for like the Christmas episode. Yeah, f Christmas. <laughs> this is capitalism. Um, but I'm just I'm just saying, if we were free from like a real perspective, if we were really free mm. from from our imprisonment, if we were not stuck in that personal hell, mm. we wouldn't have a need for escapism. True. Literally, my whole point is if you're free, you have nothing to escape. That's basically, think, that's all I was trying to say. I, I still feel, though, if we are in a perfect world uh, and everything was fine, I think we would still tell stories. I think we would still tell stories, but also be able to distinguish... We would still come back to the real at the end of the day. We would have, yeah. we would be more grounded. But, I mean, again, if you're taking, like, a Lewis Tolkien perspective, in a lot of ways, storytelling is more real than, like, the reality we experience. <sighs> like, if we're talking from, like, a, a mythological perspective, I, like, I can... Well, I would, I would more so say that... Not even mythological, myth- as much as, like, quasi-romantic. Sure. But myth allows us to access the real in ways we couldn't mm-hmm. through normal word or, I don't know, even experience to some extent. For most mm-hmm. people, that's not necessarily true in yeah. its entirety. So, like, I kind of get what you're... Like, and again, stories can help us... Can be means of freeing, ourse- freeing ourselves from our own personal imprisonment, right? Yeah. So, again, it's not that it's a good or bad thing. It's just that... I don't know. It's just part of it. I feel... I feel like you really want it to be a good or bad thing. I mean, dualities make things easier, but it's that true. doesn't mean they, they're right. But just to like make this relevant and wrap it up, um, one thing about escapism is that most of the time Christians have used and abused it by conveying a message right. that the world is meant to be escaped, right? Right, yeah. And so that's how you get like this theology of rapture or this like yeah. theology of like the body is bad and we just need to get away from it and live purely as spirit right yeah which i mean is deeply problematic in so many ways but like mm-hmm. I, I guess at a core level like my reading of the bible increasingly is not oh um jesus came so that we could be good and then go to heaven when we die. It's the world is broken and Jesus came to invite us into the process of redeeming the world alongside him. And that is something that takes place in the present. Exactly. I would, I would agree. Yeah. Which ties super well into the season. Christ's coming on Christmas demonstrates that this world isn't meant to be escaped but perhaps meant to be redeemed in some way shape or form or to be seen through a different lens like god found it important that he be given bodily form it was important that he be human and like walk physically on the earth so 
that tells us that the earth is important. That tells us that physicality is important. That tells us like the human body is important. And I think if we want to reinterpret through a more panentheist lens, as Richard Rohr would describe it, Mm. um, Christ's coming is just revealing what was already in place. It's not like God suddenly decided, like, oh, I'm going to become a human to to show this is worthwhile. It's like, no, God was already there the whole time Mm -hmm. in all of it. God with us. We were, some of us, or most of us, were just too blind to see it. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes it just needs to be made more obvious, like coming in the form of of Jesus the human. Yeah. Like Christ in all of it, but specifically in the form of Jesus to show what was already true, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, and that's... It's not not like the physical world suddenly became worthwhile because Jesus showed up. No, exactly. And I mean, like, if you go go further back, like, ancient Hellenistic, not even Hellenistic, but pre-that, like, ancient cultures had way more respect for the body than we do, um, and way more respect for, like, life on Earth than we do. We kind of live waiting to leave or it's like you look at jewish culture and it's super super like present and like focused on community and like eating and celebrating together and like remembering our time on the earth or if you look at indigenous cultures which are Mm -hmm. also just as ancient if not more ancient and you have people living in community living in um communion with the earth and living with respect and and being present and they mm-hmm. didn't need uh, uh the appearance of like Jesus as a Christ figure in order to understand these things in the way that mm-hmm. i think a, a lot of people did require yeah i don't know if if you want to take a message away from the christmas season it's that we don't need to selfishly escape the world because it's it's too broken or too hard or too there's too much suffering Mm-hmm. The point is to live into it and to yeah. see it for what it is. And only once we see it through that 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 different lens, that more free lens, you could say, can we begin to actually make tangible physical changes. And in, in some ways, you could describe it as bringing the kingdom of God in, mm-hmm. onto earth, right? But the first step is to see, to recognize that as Christ said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. And I think that's where the beauty of our Americanized Christmas exists. Um, Mm -hmm. Not in like the corporate social capitalist structures, but like in the core essence of gathering together and like giving ourselves for other people, which is demonstrated in the only way that makes sense in the capitalist system, which is like financially and productively. I don't know. It, it, it's interesting how it kind of like comes out in we that way. You can light. only be selfless by giving financial gifts. Yeah, like in, in, a, in a capitalist world, that is what being selfless, lo- selfless looks like. Exactly. To bring it back to like my earlier point, mm. you can bring the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God onto earth once you realize that the kingdom of heaven is within you. And yeah. Yeah. that... That was kind of my whole point earlier when I was going off about 
shifting your frame of mind and seeing things from outside the prison instead of living in the prison. Yeah, okay, yeah. And that's what Christmas is all about. Amen, brother. My favorite favorite part of the Christmas season is when um, representatives of the ruling class went Mm. to the impoverished and gave them gifts. It'd be super nice to have that right now. Does that even happen? I mean, in Luke it happens. I guess you're kind of right, yeah. <laughs> isn't isn't that funny though that like the ruling class will be like, hey, have like a have like an Amazon Echo on me <laughs> when they That'd could af- when they could afford to like literally fund healthcare or education. Oh, it's true. Or it's true. Like. But instead, they give away like Amazon Echoes, or this I don't know why Amazon right Echo comes to mind, but like six hundred dollar um, handouts. Yeah, exactly. Or I'm kind of just calling out Jeff Bezos, but like also big government. But hey, Elon Musk put a car in space, so like he's got to be good, right? That's totally I mean, not a waste of money. I mean, Elon Musk has done a lot for space. Um, Elon Musk is also kind of a scumbag who benefited from the apartheid system. I mean, I'm I'm not saying Elon Musk is a good person, but he genuinely <laughs> has done a lot for technology. Sure, but like, so did Steve Jobs, and he was also apparently a bit of a scumbag. So that's fair. You know who's not a scumbag though in the tech realm? Oh, Bill Gates. That's fair. I've heard decent things about Bill Gates. He actually does a lot for charity. I mean, he could do a lot more considering what he's worth, but he does actually do a lot. No him and his wife, I should say. It's not yeah. just him. Hmm. Tax the ruling class, please. Please. Anyway. This is what this is Christmas and capitalism. That is that is the episode at this point. Speaking of real or unreal, etc. I have so I have a question for you that I've been holding on to for a while. No. Um because is this a proposal? Yeah, uh, would you marry? Um, so, how long was this now? This was a while ago. Um, okay. Because I got the the prompt or whatever from the the fan page, which I guess is also something oh. we can talk about. Um, yeah. Where it was asking about, like, signs and stuff. You, you, are you just going to ask me about my star sign? I'm not going to ask you about your star sign. I want to ask you, like, what your opinion on astrology is. Um, I will say the same thing I've said to other people who've asked in the past. I just don't really have enough um, education on the matter. Okay, fair. Uh, I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I know I'm a Sagittarius. Nice. So I feel like I would have had a similar answer to you. Would you? Have, you would probably say like growing up, you had like a deep suspicion of it. Well, growing up, it was more just treated as a joke. To be honest with yeah. you. Like, ah, they look at the stars, whatever, it is what it is, like, ah, it's not real. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Um, but, I don't know, I think even just being more educated on even, like, elements of scripture or different religions where, like, reading the stars is genuinely, like, an important thing, like, even in the Bible or whatnot, like, there are elements of astrology, so. Yeah, so I would say that probably growing up, similar like my parents had nothing to do with it they're like have nothing to do with it and i was like okay um and then like 
growing up, especially like I feel like it's become maybe I just because I have more queer friends now, but it's become mm. like more of a conversation. And I was o- always like, okay, this is like, like in terms of personality tests, I'll say, um, if we want to like put the Enneagram as like the most accurate, just because of our experience with it, I don't know. And then there's like Myers Briggs, which is kind of like middle ground. I yeah, I feel like instinctively I would have been like, it's like Hogwarts houses. It's like a fun thing to do, but it doesn't matter very yeah. much. And then exactly. Wait, can I ask you a question? For yeah, you said you have more que- queer friends, and that's why you're into astrology more. No, I I think that's just why I've heard about it more. Oh, what's the relationship between? I don't. I'm, gen- I'm genuinely. It's asking. like a whole. It's just part of the community for whatever reason. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. So anyway, um, because like I. I got that request from like the fan page. It was like, hey, what's your sign or whatever? And so I sent it to my one friend and I was like, hey, can you like look at this for me? And they were like, well, I need your like time of birth and all these different things. And I was like, wait, what? Okay. Um, and so yeah. I, I had to get that for my mom without her like su- suspecting anything. Um, and then I got it. They sent me like a bunch of information and they like read out my chart basically. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> wait what um and so i have i have it pulled up because there's like okay your sun sign your moon sign and all these different things okay so sun is in scorpio um sun representing individuality um outward energy etc so for mine um they're determined folk throw throw themselves into whatever they do but getting them to commit is rarely an easy task sometimes it's better not to try like get them to do anything because they have their own mind plenty of willpower they know what they want but they won't go and grab it at the wrong moment uh simply never give up etc i'm like okay um okay talk to talk to any of them about their lives you'll probably be in awe of all they've gone through trauma seems to follow them wherever they go but they learn optimism and instead of expecting the worst they possess like healing regenerative whatever and i'm like okay okay yeah um you take pride in your ability to negotiate to establish establish harmony in your relationships uh it is important for you to have a partner as you feel incomplete without one you're motivated to become well liked sensitive to rejection your intentions are generally good but you're given to overdoing things um okay uh, so it sounds a lot like type four stuff yeah, exactly. Um, face conflict in life due to projection of character that does not match what is on the inside. Misrepresentation of the self can be frequent. And then it gets, you get into like, that's just sun stuff. Because moon stuff is like emotional responses, self-image. Um, I'm a lunar Sagittarius. So need for personal freedom in space. Extraordinarily happy, easygoing folk. As long as they don't feel caged and are cooped up love for friendly competition when the going gets tough these people can run away don't like to be caught up in routine for too long there's a blind faith that is admirable they simply believe that everything will work out and then like it gets strong need for emotional security um drawn to a person who's drawn to pushing your own limits which can result in lifestyle changes 
um, a passionate person who like mm. it, it, it. It goes on, and then there's like Mercury and Venus, um, etc. Desire to learn. New- Anyways, I can like send you all of this. There's also a lot here where I'm like, this. It's basically where I'm going with this is this was something that I was like, whatever Hogwarts house category doesn't mean anything. The more I look through this, the more I'm like, this is straight up on like Enneagram level in terms of like, this is surprisingly perceptive. I don't understand how this is so perceptive, but like, it's super, super detailed. And there's definitely like things where I'm like, okay, whatever, not really. Um, huh. It's it's very very intricate, um, which was a huge shock to me. I uh, I might have to look into that now, right? Because I, people have told me a lot about it. Like I've had discussions, yeah. But I've never really like looked into it. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like again, it's just something that I was like naturally suspicious of. And now that I've looked through it, I'm like, okay, this is like, I don't I don't understand what the relationship is here. Because I intrinsically don't want to believe in, like, strict predeterminism. But I'm Mm. also, like, I don't know. I I don't know if... I've been a determinist for a long time. I feel like I like being in the middle of, like, trying to hold the tension between, like, freedom and determinism. Compatibilism. Yeah. (laughs) But, like... What would Ken Nichols say to that? Oh, who knows. But it's it's just... (laughs) There's so much here. And again, like, there's a lot of, like, where different things fall into each other and, like, where they find conjunction and, like, so on and so forth. I don't know it super well, but it's, like, it's a lot more in-depth than I would have thought. I mean, my experience with astrology is mostly, like, hey, here's a horoscope. This doesn't mean anything. Excellent. It's, like, a fortune cookie phrase, whatever. But I don't know. This is. This, You're saying you think there might be something to it. There's, th- uh, unless it's just so incredibly vague, and I'm just putting myself into it. But I don't think that's the case. Because I mean, <laughs> like I read you. I all... was going to say that is a very type four thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like I read you all that stuff, and that all sounds exactly like me, right? True. It, it does sound a lot like you. gracious, sweet, happy. Especially enjoys pleasure and entertainment, the arts needs tenderness, appreciates home life in a comfortable, safe atmosphere more than most. This is my favorite. Uh, short description. He is Frank. They know it. Okay. <laughs> don't even... Don't even... No. So it's... I don't know. This is really, like... I don't know to call it funny or just fascinating, but it's like, okay. This is a conversation now. It's interesting. Yeah. I will give you that. So, like, long story short, tis the damn season. It is. For champagne problems. Oh, my goodness. What? I don't do not closure. agree. <laughs> do, you, do you not agree? It it definitely is. Are we are we transitioning to, to Evermore? I thought we were going to... I think we should just that. address it briefly, because we'll talk about it more in the next episode. Yeah, it exists. It slaps. It's okay. <laughs> it's... I prefer it over um folklore, I definitely so don't prefer it. I mean we'll talk about this. I definitely prefer it. We'll talk about this. There's like I'm I'm it's hard because I mean I've lived with folklore for six months and I'm trying to like get myself into the head of when I was then. And I think 
Mm. I'm now going through a phase that I did with on Folklore where I was like, I don't care about this song. And then I'll listen to it and be like, oh, right, I do actually care about this song. Because I had that with, like, I think Peace and Mirrorball. And then I was like, no, actually, these are great. And I'm having that right now with, like, Ivy and Gold Rush. But there's... Mm. The only song I didn't quickly love in Folklore was Epiphany, which I still listened to and was like, this is really pretty. It just doesn't hit for me. And for Evermore, there's like two or three, if not more, where I'm like, this is just okay. Like, I'll listen to this and be fine with it, but I'm not excited about it. See, I don't know. There's like not a single song on this album that really? I'm like, eh. The only one, like, maybe Dorothy I'd have to listen to at least one more time to get a feel yeah. for it. I think, like, again, Dorothy is a song where I'm like, this is a good song. I just, I hear it and then immediately forget about it. And, like, while I'm listening to it, I like it. But then there's a section from, like, Nobody, No Crime to Cowboy Like Me, which is, like, five or six songs that I'm like, these are fine. Um, some of these are good. It just, that section is so long and they're all like relatively like slow ballads. And I'm like, I can't, this is so long. <laughs> Wait, but there's only like four songs in that. Uh, there's, there's six. There's six. Oh, you're, are you including Nobody, No Crime? I am. Like, Nobody, No Crime is good. It, how how is that a slow ballad? It's not it's not slow, but it's not like upbeat necessarily. It's like mid tempo. Man, I that is honestly the more I listen to that one, it might be one of my favorite songs on the I, album. I think it's a really good song. I just there's something missing about it where I'm like there's a lot of songs on here that I like on their own, but in the context of like the entire album don't work for me. And that's one of them because like I'll probably listen to that song a lot on its own. But it, I kind of like tolerated. Yeah, into... your issue is more with the cohesiveness. Yeah, like folklore. Every song is perfect. I feel like, and every song flows together perfectly. This album, there's a lot of like solid single material, but the album feels so incredibly like disjointed and emotionally unbalanced. And I'm like, I, I have. I wouldn't go that far. I. It's just. There's so much of it that's just sad. And I think Folklore had this nice atmosphere of being, like, cozy sad, where it was, like, kind of comfortable, and a song could be a bop, and then you dig into it, and you're like, okay, yeah, this is kind of sad. Whereas Evermore has a lot of songs that are just straight-up depressing. And this See, is... uh, that that's different than what you had originally said. No, this is true. This is absolutely true, because I initially listened to it and was like, this seems happier. Part of that was I was listening to the clean version, I think. And part of that was I also wasn't listening to it lyrically. I was just kind of like on a sonic level. Yeah, I get that. Because you're starting with like Willow and then Gold Rush. And then like, I, I don't know if Willow's a really good opening song. Because Willow's just seems happy. Also, there's so many Willow. I, 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 actually, sorry. Willow has grown on me a lot. I think Willow's good. My my problem is like Willow, um, I think Ivy, one or two other ones. Like those songs both have very similar instrumentation to Invisible String, which is like the one explicitly happy song yeah. in folklore. 
And so I hear those songs and I think of Invisible Strain and I'm like, I want to be happy now. And then like, they're not, there's just, I don't know. We'll talk about this a lot more next episode, but there's, I feel like there's this weird disjoint where there's a lot of songs that either sound like identical to a song on folklore or there's songs that sound absolutely nothing like folklore. And I wish there was some like synthesis between those two. Yeah, no, I, I, I guess, I guess I know what you're saying. You're trying to come to terms with. There doesn't seem to be like a cohesive it... sound. I see. I don't know if she was trying to make a cohesive sound this time around, though. And I don't. I feel because, like, this is the thing. Folklore is a very, very specific kind of mood that she's going for, and mm-hmm. this feels like kind of all of the leftovers got pasted together without a lot of um, thought into organization. And so some, like a lot of these are really good, but there's just no like thematic material connecting them together. Yeah. I guess I get what you're saying. I don't know. I wouldn't say there's no thematic material. I don't, I feel like there's very little. It seems to be, well, I don't know. We'll get into this again more on Saturday, but maybe we should wrap it up with, quickly here but it it seems to me to be a collection of stories sure and that's not to say that all the stories have the same theme but i think it's almost like a collection of short stories i can see that i guess or maybe even a collection of poems yeah i think yeah i think that's fair it's just and and yeah we'll talk about this i i I guess just as a whole there feels like there's a less subtlety in this album and it's just sure again, like what's sad is just like explicitly sad, as opposed to like something like yeah. Betty or August, where you can be like, "Is this sad? Is this happy?" Yes. I don't know. I didn't get super sad vibes from this album. Really? But, like... Champagne Problems is like the saddest song she's ever written. What? It's just it's just about you know life changing and people moving away and also people not accepting you and <laughs> it's it's. Oh, this guy proposes to this girl, and then she says no, and then his family completely abandons her. Yeah, yeah. It's so exactly. sad. What? Nobody No Crime is a very happy song. Nobody No Crime is fun. It just... Um, something that, like, it feels like it's lacking something in the instrument. Maybe it's just, like, the chorus is so repetitive. Um, that's that's maybe. my big problem with happiness. And those songs are right beside each other, so maybe that's it. Because happiness that, is yeah yeah that that's so freaking repetitive and it's the longest song happiness on the album. Is, like I get that, but also lyrically, in my opinion, is still one of the strongest. But I I like the idea of it. I just can't listen to it because it's if it was like half the length or like two thirds yeah. of the length, then I would be a lot more fine with it. That that's fair, actually. Um, did you listen to that album or a right. song or 30 I, seconds? I listened to bits and pieces of it, which it sounded good. I liked it. I know. Okay. So the story behind that. So I found this last night. Um, for those of you that don't know, I'm a big fan of pop punk and like alternative rock kind of stuff. So I've always been a big fan of a band called Mayday Parade. Some of you may have heard of it. Some of you may not have. Anyway, the the lead singer at the beginning of Mayday Parade was Jason Lancaster, and he left the band after the first album. Oh. But 
he went he went on to do his own like kind of solo stuff and he did um i think it was go radio was another band he had and he's released solo stuff and he just released a solo ep like five days ago and it legitimately might be in my top three or four albums of the year i'm not gonna lie but someone said oh i thought jason lancaster had been doing worship music and i'm like wait what the (laughs) hell this guy who i've known from like like a very non not worship right like genre apparently released a worship album so i immediately search it up and he did it under like a different name like lancaster and it is like exactly if you had asked me three years ago noah what would you want your ideal worship set to look like nice or to sound like it would have been that sound like entirely have you heard of um the city harmonic yeah because he covered one of their songs yeah i was gonna say because he did cover one of their songs and i feel like they have it's definitely a different sound but their sound is basically like let's be as big as possible yeah and this is i just this is literally what i wanted was to infuse like alternative pop punk into worship and that's what he did and it was like i jammed to it nice and it was weird because i don't even like half of those songs (laughs) i love that but like i like him and it was genuinely good and i'm like if i had known about this three years ago while i was still doing worship stuff oh boy i would have just been so much more upset (laughs) My favorite, um, I had a similar experience. I haven't, like, sat down with their whole discography. We've talked before on this podcast about Sugar Pine 7, which is... Yes, we have. Um, COTC, boys. Yeah, which part of the reason I loved them was because they had, like, all of this really cool indie music um, that they would, like, yeah. include in their in, in their videos. And it's always like, oh, this is sick music. And I remember... I I don't know if I was studying or something, but I was listening to like a Spotify playlist that was just all of the songs that they had used. And there's one song, uh, it's called You and I by Colony House. Um, Do you know who the band Colony House is? I do not. I didn't either. It was just this super like jamming indie rock song. And I was like, sweet, I'm going to look up these people. They're Stephen Curtis Chapman's kids. Oh. Well, that's weird. <laughs> right? I, found, I don't know how I feel about that. And I found them in, like, a Sugar Pine 7 collection. It was really funny. Like, good music, good sound and everything. So, I don't know. It's just really that's funny. That's crazy. That is very strange. So, like, similar experience. Yeah, yeah. That is almost, that is very similar. Actually. That's very <laughs> weird. What the heck? I'm just waiting for someone to release a Christmas album. Do it. I mean, arguably Taylor just put out a Christmas album. Would you consider Evermore a Christmas album? Evermore feels like a really sad Christmas album. I mean... Yeah, there's not really too many Christmas songs. There's like Tis the Damn Season. Yeah, and there's, there's that. That's um, it. Champagne Problems talks about like decking the halls. Yeah, yeah, uh, that one actually. There's a yeah. lot of like... it. It's a Christmas album in the same sense of like Die Hard is a Christmas movie, where like it takes no, place. No, that's just blatantly a lie. It takes place around Christmas. No, that's like Iron Man three. That's fair. Shane Black. That literally Iron Man three is a movie that just takes place at Christmas time. It that's true. has nothing to do with the plot. If you take Christmas out of Die Hard, the movie doesn't work. That's true. It's essential to the plot. That's my point. It's like taking Christmas out of Home Alone. Yeah. Good old. 
I was thinking about this earlier because Shane Black, who directed Iron Man 3, just like includes mm. Christmas in all of his movies for some reason. He does. And now I'm like, I kind of just want to binge watch Shane Black movies right now. I binge watched through like Saoirse Ronan's. Oh, nice. Like all of her movies. She's so good. Yeah. It was actually all of the movies were really good. Like Lady Bird, genuinely. Lady Bird's great. Such a good movie. Did you watch Grand Budapest Hotel like, then? Grand Budapest Hotel? Yeah. She's in that movie? Yeah, she's she's the girlfriend in that movie. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I've only been I've been working my way through it. Okay. I haven't Okay, well, I've got to watch that movie then. Yeah. She's not even in like the top 10 on the cast list. Oh no, she like that was before she really got big. And I remember she I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I remember her like character being super quiet. So I don't know if there's like even any dialogue or anything. But she's oh. in it. Okay, I will watch that movie next, though. But right. no, I watched Lady Bird because also it kind of had that young adult vibe. It was actually a really interesting vibe to that movie. It's so good. And I really enjoyed it. Greta Gerwig. Also, yeah, I, I, what I didn't expect was how much the location factored into the movie. Yeah. So... Like, it was it was essential yeah, to it's, the movie. It's essentially, like, Greta Gerwig reflecting on her own experience in, like, Southern California or whatever. Huh. Yeah. Um... And so I wound up because I did a presentation last year on um, a short story by James Joyce, which mm-hmm. a lot of James Joyce's writing is just like him talking about Ireland and how much like he hates Ireland, but also how much like how important it is to his life. And I was I think I watched Lady Bird in like the middle of preparing for that. It's like, I think I need to include this because this might just be the exact same thing. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. Um, what what stuck out to me about the movie was there was a quote about like three quarters of the way through the movie mm. about how the difference between love and paying attention and whether yeah. there is any. And I'm like, that one, that floored me for one thing. It was just yeah. like, wow, that's a moment. And then I realized at the end with that whole, um, basically a montage of footage from um, Sacramento. Yeah. I'm like, I think the whole point is that not even just the the main character, I think, ends up loving Sacramento. But I think it has to do with Greta Gerwig. No, absolutely. Loving Sacramento. And, like, this movie is as much, like, it's a love story about Sacramento. It's just, (laughs) that was like, wow. That, yeah. It's, I feel like, because she does something similar with Little Women, where there's, like. Yeah. we'll, We'll talk about this next episode too but like there's a conversation mm-hmm. right at the end between like joe and amy and it makes also there but it's mostly between joe and amy and joe's like i don't know like i'm writing about like non-important things so i don't know if people will care yeah about this. yeah and amy's like no it's like you writing about them that makes them important like you are that's exactly it which is a really i i don't know i i really love that imagery it's that paying attention to the little things and like the normal everyday life that kind of like reveals itself into the larger, more universal picture. I know we talked about that in the past. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I did an article on both Lady Bird, Lady Bird and Little Woman. It was like a review of Little Woman kind of like from the perspective of Mm Gary's filmography. But like, I think that's something that she does really well, especially with her characters where like, all of her characters are so incredibly lifelike and 
like they're all really simple, but there's something like very true about them. Yeah, she's great. That definitely like especially in Lady Bird, especially like the characters just feel like people yeah. you would know in real life. Yeah, like the the was like adopted brother or roommate or something like that. He was like, yeah, kind of a tool, but also like very understandable. Yeah. Um, though I will say, I think Timothy Chalamet's character is a little bit exaggerated, but if you remember. A little bit. He's kind of a tool. Yeah, he was very much a tool in that yeah. movie. And I also watched Brooklyn. Nice. I don't think I've seen Brooklyn, but I've heard good things. Oh, it's, it's interesting. I still don't know exactly how I feel about it. But mm-hmm. then I watched Jojo Rabbit, and I was like, oh. I mean, she's not in that, but. No, but. Still good. It was just a good movie. It is. I yeah, I have a lot of thoughts I could say about Jojo Rabbit, but that's not Christmassy. Not really. I don't think it's Christmassy at all. I don't I'm trying to remember if Christmas is But it's ep- about it's about learning how to love and being a child. And, yeah. And that's Christmassy. Yeah. I need I'll probably hopefully get Jojo Rabbit for Christmas. I haven't seen it since I was in theaters, which is a weird oh, wow. thing to think about. Remember when theaters existed? Um, yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I like. I started out twenty twenty. Literally, I went to like three movies in within a week. No, same. Like I, I mean, twenty nineteen. I went to so many movies. Um, yeah, and then twenty twenty. I went to Cats. <laughs> so there's you that. Did. Um, trying to remember if I watched Rise of Skywalker in twenty twenty at all. If those, I only saw it twice. I honestly might only see it two times. Wow. Hurtful. But those were both... I don't know if those were both in December or if one of those was in January. I have no memory. But then I saw, like, 1917, and I saw, like, Cats again. Um, Of course. And then I saw Cats a third time. (laughs) Oh, my God. I watched watched Knives Out a second time in theaters at some point. Yeah, that's one of the ones I watched in 2022. And I saw Birds of Prey, and Birds of Prey was the last movie I saw in the theater. And it might be the last I'm movie. I'm kind of glad I didn't see it. I, Birds of Prey is so good. I don't know. I've heard so many mixed reviews. I just have no interest. Birds of Prey is so much fun. I love that movie. But I think I'm just done with comic book movies right now until the next Spider-Man comes out. Birds of Prey is good, though. Birds of Prey is, like, female-led and directed and everything, and it's so much fun. Maybe eventually I'll watch it. once I After I watch Grand Budapest Hotel and Booksmart and... Um, what else is on my list? I've got a lot. Yeah, like I gotta catch up. I'm, I'm trying to do so many things right now because the expanse season five just dropped, and I hadn't finished season four yet. Mm. So now I'm, I watched like five episodes last night, um, and so I'll probably finish season four today, honestly. And then I need to do like catch up on Attack on Titan two, I think. Um, and I've also been working. I have now all of Christopher Nolan's movies except for Tenet on like disc. And so I've been working through all of those again, which is interesting. I f- I'm realizing I like early to like mid Christopher Nolan more than any of his recent stuff. That's fair. I don't know if I've watched too much early. Yeah. And like Nolan. a lot of, cause it's kind of, he did, um, he did the following, which was, like an hour and a half movie and it's it just kind of feels like um like all of the other movies that he's about to direct kind of mashed into like a small indie budget 
thriller. And it's like, it's all right. Um, but then he made Memento, which is incredible. He made Insomnia, which nobody talks about, but is pretty good. Um, Batman Begins is solid. The Prestige is like probably my favorite of his movies. The Dark Knight, incredible. And then he made Inception, um, which is also really good. But there's kind of like this transition that happens with like Batman Begins the Dark Knight, where he like starts to get more and more of a budget and starts like shooting the IMAX and does more crazy things. And so you get like Dark Knight Rises, which is all right. Interstellar, which is pretty good. And then Dunkirk, which is like, all right, I need to watch it again because I have so little memory of it. And then like Tenet has really mixed reviews. I heard it. I heard it was movie of the year. Oh really? Well, nothing else came out. Um, yeah, and that, that was the truth. Yeah, but yeah, it, it it just seems like after, like after the Dark Knight or or Inception, he just stopped caring about like his main characters. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I mean, I can't really comment. I'm not as much of a Christopher Nolan buff. Yeah. Have you heard about Cyberpunk 2077? Oh, I I have heard things. I feel like that would be your kind of game too. Yeah, like I wasn't. Hey, you just could you couldn't run it, but it yeah, would be I your kind of it. game. It, it wasn't something I really had on my radar quite yet. I I'd heard good things about, it and I was like, or I mean, I'd heard the hype at least, and I was kind of like, okay, we'll see how good this is. If this is good, like really good, then I'll be invested. But I mean. Then it, then it was a small disaster. Well, supposedly, like, it's actually, like, if you can play it, it's good. Yeah. But it's not really playable by most people. Well, for anybody on last-gen consoles, which is, like, most people. Which is also... Or anyone who doesn't have a beefy PC. Yeah. And, like, there, there's... The, the CD Projekt Red Defense is like, oh, well, like, don't just... Like, it's made for next-gen consoles. But it wasn't. Next-gen consoles didn't exist when this game was supposed to drop. Yeah, I think they shifted it, though, to be... Like, I I, I get what they're... The problem isn't... I, I don't have a problem with them saying it's made for next-gen con- consoles. I have a problem with them advertising it for previous-gen consoles. But, no, but, like, even then, like, when was... Like, next-gen was announced, like, what, this summer? No, no, it's been in the works for at least two years. I mean, years. that's fair, but, like, the original Like, release... behind-the-scenes, companies would have known for a long time. That's fair. I'm just saying, like, original release date for this thing was not for next-gen consoles. Because they, they had, oh, like... I mean, this... They had delays. Um, but it was, like... This game has been in the works for, like, ten years. Oh, and that's true. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I just... If they wouldn't have advertised it for previous-gen, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have had an issue. That's fair. But they did. They definitely... It's messed up now, and... Looks like we're going to have No Man's Sky 2.0. Yeah, which apparently No Man's Sky is actually good now. Yeah, one, like, re what is it, revamped Game of the Year or something? Something like that. It, yeah, no, No Man's Sky is good. I still own it. I haven't really played it, but yeah, oh. they've added so much content. Yeah, I never touched it. But Christmas. <laughs> Mass Effect 4 might be coming out now, so there's that. I That's a Christmas gift. In, like, three years, if that. I just hope Bioware doesn't screw it up again because Bioware's been super bad lately and it makes me sad. I just want more games like Red Dead 2. Have you played Red Dead 1? Nah, it's... I mean, I'm sure... I know the story (laughs) a bit, but it just won't won't be the same. No, that's fair. 
so my birthday's in three days. Uh, it was yesterday when this drops, though. And I'm certain I woke up, threw on my bathrobe, sang happy birthday to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Went down, grabbed a drink, and then drank the day away. There you go. It's the best way to have a birthday. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's uh, good times. Good times. We're happy. We're doing great. There you go. Positivity. Um, it's Christmas, and do you know what we did last year at Christmas? Mm. We called people. We called people and we asked them this question. What does Christmas mean to you? It's true. Do you think the answers will be different this year? <laughs> Maybe. I think they will. Who, who are we calling? But the problem... Are we calling Well, anybody? the thing is, do we, do we call people or do we try to get them to jump on the Discord? No one's going to jump on the Discord. I know. I mean, Christmas is the time of year where we're supposed to be with our friends and family. Yeah. I am. <laughs> that's not going to happen. No. To all of you that are hoping to have a good Christmas. Sorry. Well, looks like you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, COVID. Thanks, Kenny, also. Oh, yeah. Yeah, isn't Alberta's, like, the worst in the province? Or in the country? I don't know if that's the case anymore, actually. Is it not? We're probably about on par with Quebec and Ontario right now. Which we really shouldn't be. Because we're a much... No, I mean, on par is in, like, percentage-wise, we're on par. Oh, okay. Um, we had, at least the most recent stats, we have we had 1,270 cases to their, to Ontario's 2,235 and to Quebec's 1,897. Nice. So... Probably, like, it, we're still probably doing technically worse per capita, but not nearly as badly. Yeah. We we have, like, the restrictions have helped. That's good. But, I, yeah, so Christmas. Yeah. Christmas. This is going to be the episode where we just never talk about our main subject. Yeah, yeah. So I should just title it the Christmas episode, and then we never talk about it. <laughs> this year, when you're Skyping or FaceTiming or Zooming with your friends and family think of us if they even want to even if they if they want to facetime you you know mm -hmm. some of them might not some might not even have time to hop on it's true to a zoom call and you'll be left alone this year and you might be making yourself a microwave dinner for your christmas meal yeah. i'm here to tell you that we're with you in spirit not physically not physically but we're with you enjoy that nice cold turkey oh yeah do do what you need to make it good Exactly. This is the one. This is where escapism is okay. There we go. Because obviously we're all dealing with immense amounts of stress, anxiety, sadness, grief. Oot. And sometimes you just need to escape that. And yeah. that's okay. That's all right. We permit um, you. So find ways find ways to cope. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that means dming that one crush of yours yeah maybe it means dming that one crush of yours you freaking scumbag <laughs> i know you're trolling and you won't even listen to this but i know you're trolling you're not even you don't really have a crush on glending it's possible i i'm not unconvinced that there are like one or two people following the following that page that are like actually interested I don't know if Maybe. I'll actually get anything. I don't know if I'd want to actually get anything because then I would have to deal with it. But, <laughs> but like, do it anyway. But, like, do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was... Sarah Joy actually responded to that. Yeah. That was... I thought that was so funny, and nobody else appreciated that except for Sarah Joy. Yeah, I thought it was funny. 
Everybody was more concerned about your well-being. Yeah, like this is so obviously a joke, but like in the way that jokes can be true, but in the way that I don't care. Do you know what else is a joke this year? What? Christmas? Christmas. But hey, um, you know, as a Christmas gift, we got Evermore, we got Trump out of office True. A- a- again. Mm-hmm. Joe, mm-hmm. Joe Biden won for like the 50th time. There are There are bright sides. It's all about finding your bright sides. Yeah, you're Mr. Brightside. It's all about finding your Brandon Flowers. Are we going to call people and see how they feel about Christmas this year? <laughs> I just don't know who we would call. Uh, we could bring Matt on. I think he'd hop on the Discord. Okay. Maybe we'll we'll get we'll do we'll do the season 2 thing and bring Matt on to tie everything together. Oh, freaking Matt says he's at work. <laughs> Ugh. Well, I don't know who else would even come on Discord at this point. No. Well, we're talking... Clearly, Maddie won't. Yeah. But speaking of which, next episode, which will be out in two weeks, we'll be talking about Little Women and Evermore in more depth. Yeah, and other things, maybe? And potentially other things. Maybe the new year, maybe... Oh, that'll be good. There will be lots. And that will be in two weeks. Why would we be talking about the new year? In two weeks. But we're recording in like two days. Yeah, we'll have to pretend we're talking about the new year. <laughs> okay. Well, it'll be coming out on like January 2nd, so... Yeah. We'll, we'll talk all about our Christmas plans and the things that we got. Yeah, we'll talk about, yeah, what we got for Christmas. Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> I got um, three Xboxes. I got... Nothing. Sad. You got friendship from me. Oh, wow, that's really wholesome. That's not what I wanted. (laughs) Can I I return it for a cash back? No. My love's not worth anything. Oh, I thought you were going to say, no, it's priceless. (laughs) I mean, I guess those are the same statement. (laughs) Kind of. Uh, The only only people we could maybe get on right now would be, I guess, Logan and Dion, maybe. But I also don't want to just resort to logan and dion every time we need people what do you mean every time we need people they've never actually been on the podcast they've only been on the christmas episode this is gonna be the exact same thing i know we can follow up on last year uh, um i will I'll, I'll ask logan and see if they okay. want to he uh didn't see my text until like i don't know two or three hours later well that's literally it unless we called sarah joy but she's probably sleeping Probably. Because baby. Because baby. She has, like, <sighs> really just... weird sleeping hours. I got... True. When did I get a text from her? Hey, Sarah Joy just texts you now? Well, no. I, I sent her something, and then she replied to it. Oh, yeah. I sent her something oh. like, 1 in the morning, and then she replied at 3 in the morning. Wait. That's perfect. And then I replied at 3.12. That's wonderful. I like that. So, who's to say if she's awake or not? Who knows? It's true. Okay, send her a text. Who, me? Yeah, you're on speaking terms. Apparently. But I don't know if she's active. Eh. I'll, I'll see if she's active on Facebook. She wasn't. Um, I'm try. I, I don't know. I, I did all I could now. So we haven't gotten any response. No. That's a hard thing to do. It's always hard to get anybody to do anything. That's true. We couldn't even get people to play Among Us. Do you know that would be really funny? Remember that person I was talking to on Christian Mingle? (laughs) No. (laughs) 
What if I hit them up out of the blue and like, hey, jump on our podcast right now? Are they active? Is that a thing you can tell on Christian Mingle? I don't know. I'd have to text them. That sounds like a lot of work. Oh, all I'd have to do is just send them a message like I sent Logan and see yeah. if they respond or they don't. But I haven't talked to them in like a month. And no, a half, like I so... feel like that's opening up like a lot of emotional work. <laughs> But it would have been really funny just to have her talk to you. <laughs> and I would just sit back and be like, hey, Yikes. this is my friend Glendon. What if we just, we cut all of this and just responded, hey, all of our friends don't want to talk to us. So, I mean, big that's, middle finger. that's the other possibility. So we just don't get anyone on. Yeah. And we just are like, well, <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> this is our Christmas. No one wants to talk to us. My birthday's happened and no one wanted to talk to me <laughs> it'd be so funny <laughs> i actually got a call from logan indiana on my birthday so uh I, I did someone did want to talk to me and i appreciate that like this is our problem we've had a very scattered episode with no ending right now i know we've got nothing that's why matt would have been great to wrap it up exactly oh it's christmas time it's true i just don't know how the, how in the world we're gonna wrap this up and Without bringing someone on. That's just Christmas in 2020, isn't it? Yep. No, there's no real closure. Am I right? No real closure. Um, hard to really get in touch with people. And uh, it's just not satisfying. <laughs> We're all in just a personal hell. Yep. So when I think about Christmas this year, I think about how all the people we tried to contact to come on tonight didn't respond. <laughs> and how I was alone on my birthday. That's all, kind of not true. All, I went all home. the people we contacted extremely last minute. Yeah, yeah. All the people we contacted within the last 20 minutes to try to come on immediately didn't respond. And how I was alone on my birthday, except I kind of went home to my parents. So I guess I wasn't entirely alone. So, you know. So basically, this is about Noah's self-deception. Um, this is about, yeah, this is about really, my escapism. Yeah, like, this whole podcast is Noah's escapism, where he just invents um, realities that he could yeah. be frustrated with and vents about them. <laughs> yeah, is is it not strange that I think I enjoy being, like, I thrive being frustrated with people? <laughs> There's, <laughs> that is suspect. Um, <laughs> at the same time, there's like, I know I've definitely had this when it's like, especially if I'm like in a leadership issue, it something feels more relaxing about like there being an actual problem because then it's like, okay, I can yeah. focus my energy on this. That's, that's I think that's exactly it. It's like, if I can create a narrative where, oh, my friends are all too busy. They don't want to talk to me. They don't have time for me. They don't want to talk to us on the podcast. Then I can just be angry about that instead of being angry about COVID and yeah. like, all of the other things. Like, it's just something actually that I can hold on to. That is bad escapism. That is, that's exactly it. It is bad escapism. So don't do, don't do what I'm doing. I'm not actually angry at anybody. Obviously, this was very short notice. Yeah. Um, now, if you were to ask me, no, are you frustrated that no one ever set up for games after, like, May? I mean, I'm a little bit sad. A little bit sad. Efforts were made. Yeah. But then I kind of stopped trying because then I just figured it was a waste of time. Mm. But then we all kind of, then we all, the, the, some of us actually got together in person for a while. So that was fun. That's true. That was a good, a good bit. 
And then everybody left me. <laughs> no, it's escaped. And now I live alone on Christmas. There you go. Where I, where I will look at my Christmas tree and think, wow, all those little lights lit up remind me of all of my friendships that are dead. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, there are worse, there are worse positions to be on Christmas. There are. You could be um, spend Christmas dead with like dead. I guess I was gonna say with like a family that you don't like or doesn't respect you or something like that, which I'm pretty True. sure is like a few of our listeners. Yeah, there are definitely worse things. I mean, you could also be in prison, to be fair. Yeah. Or you could have COVID. Or you could have COVID. Or you could have just lost someone to COVID. Like, yeah. there are genuinely, like, for all intents and purposes, not having friends who are willing to talk to us ever. Is, <laughs> that's an Quote, unquote. But, like, <laughs> yeah, quote, unquote. Um, that's not really a big deal. Yeah. Like, we're, we're, we're both doing relatively okay in the grand mm. scheme of things. And at the same time, like, no matter who you are or what you're doing or what position you're in, mm. like, mm-hmm. it's okay to be frustrated. This is a frustrating situation. Yep. It's okay to freaking light up a couple blunts, throw some stones. Where are you throwing stones? You know, I don't know. Maybe you're angry and you want to break some windows. Noah's breaking windows, apparently. It's nothing wrong with destroying property if it means taking down the system that oppresses the poor True. and the marginalized. But so, are you, you know. are you doing that by just being upset and throwing stuff? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just one guy walking around throwing stones at people's houses <laughs> shouting down with capitalism. <laughs> That's how you do it. That's how you revolutionize. <laughs> yeah, just... I feel like I I know some people that would jump on that. Yeah. Um. But the point is, it's Christmas, and you know, it's all about love being present. Yeah. And it might not feel like it right now, but yeah. love takes many different forms and shapes, and love is always present and around you. Mm-hmm. Um. You just might need to accept it in different ways. Yeah, and I mean, trying to remember if we talked about this last last year as well. I feel like we said something similar, but like the season of Advent is all about lawning. Mm, and I think that is definitely, well, like maybe the celebration of Christmas isn't something we intrinsically relate to. Definitely the lawning and the expectation of Advent, I think is something we can all appreciate right now. Yeah. Longing for a vaccine. Yeah. Longing to, be able to see like friends again without being concerned about anyone's well-being yeah longing for warner bros to stop screwing the theater industry longing for the snyder cut to be canceled (laughs) do you think you'll watch the snyder cut when it comes out i really could not give less of a crap right now yeah i like i kind of want to watch it just to say i did it but i think it would be really funny if it was just not good. Like he's making it into like some four-hour behemoth. I don't have four hours. That's to watch true. I didn't even watch The Irishman. Or, or did they change it to a miniseries? I don't even remember. I don't know. It's it's so dumb, and I don't. I haven't loved a single Zack Snyder movie, so I'm just longing for better movies longing, and movie theaters to be open. For again. angry white men to stop. Yeah, let's, I'm an angry white man, but like, also, I do want to stop. <laughs> There's a lot of longing, is what we're saying. I'm longing to 
well, actually find out if I get accepted into any That's master's true. programs, that actually would be good to know. Longing okay. for the Ryan Johnson trilogy to be announced. Yeah, that'll be a while. Yeah. Sad. I'm longing for love. Oof. No. As we all are. Noah is longing for me to receive DMs. Yes, also, we are longing for Glendon to receive DMs. DM the man if you love him. I don't know if that's my longing, but, like, that's the longing that Noah has for me. Sure. Do we need to fill those DMs on Christmas? There we go. I think the point of Advent is we're all longing for that true freedom. Ooh. 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 Make that relevant. I should say the stereotypical Christian thing, true freedom, comes from Christ. Which isn't, I don't entirely disagree. Yeah. I just think people have an have an image of Christ that is not very free. That's fair. Or universal. Or also present, <laughs> to be fair. Ooh. But I think the point is, the true freedom is already present. You just need to kind of shift your mindset and embrace it. And that doesn't mean that everybody is free, or that everything is okay. Or that there is no system of oppression right now. Or that there isn't a virus that is ravaging humanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of those things are also happening. And you can also simultaneously All be of these free things and enter into true. the real. All of them can be true. Is there happiness? Probably not. <laughs> you just need to kind of... You can make a hell of heaven and a heaven of hell. It's true. And we should at least make an effort to make a heaven of hell because love is here anyway. Mm. And if we can find a way to, to embrace it, even in these really difficult times, especially for those of you that are struggling immensely with probably some more significant issues than we are, um, mm. if you can just find a way to embrace love during these times, you might be able to find a little bit of that yeah. real freedom or that real peace maybe is a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. But would it be enough? Would it be enough? If I could never give you peace. As we reflect on a very long and exhausting year, that was 2020, and as we look forward Mm -hmm. to the new year, long story short, it was a bad time. But long story (laughs) short, we survived. It's true. It's true. And if there's one message that the story of Christmas is supposed to kind of make accessible Mm. it's that love is present Mm. and so love is among us that wasn't supposed to be shut out love is among us so play the game i'm sure you'll love your friends a lot more (laughs) after you've lied and deceived them there is someone who is loved and valued among us plot twist it's all of us it's true it's true it's true because we're all grounded in that love yeah it's just really hard to feel it sometimes. It's true. Especially in these times. Especially in these times when Christmas doesn't feel like a time where love is present. No. But, hey, if you if you need that love, DM us. Not in that way. Just, like, say, hey. Yeah, you can DM. We need help. Or, or, or listen to past episodes. Or, like, be like, hey, 3040 Vision people. I need help. Yeah. That's fine. Well, we'll, you know what? We'll put you in contact with people who can actually help. Do you you get any DMs from the page? Like on Twitter? Yeah. No. Okay. Well, 
I don't that think can... I've ever gotten any responses on Twitter. That can change. Um, only one, like one person, like retweeted or something or referenced Thirty Forty Vision and said they wanted more episodes or something. Yeah, that was my friend Ash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the only time I think of, other than Ben. Ben and Ash. That's all we got. At least you'll get gifts this year, right? There Unless you don't. That'll. Then, <laughs> the greatest gift is a good Poke Bowl, and that's what's waiting for me. There you go. Christmas sure doesn't seem very joyous or peaceful or (laughs) loving this year. And to kind of just put a final wrap up on this, it's okay if you spend this Christmas grieving or sad or upset or frustrated or angry. Love Love is present in all of that. The divine is present in all of that. You are present in all of that. And it might, it, it'll suck, it'll, it won't be, it won't be fun, but it, it is a part of life. And sometimes you end up in the grimy, dirty stuff, lying in a manger, and that's all part of it. And in fact, if there's one thing you can take from the Christmas story that we haven't talked about, God, the divine Christ, love is found the ma- in, in, in a dirty manger. You are in the dirt and the grime surrounded by pigs and, and barn animals and everything that would be considered so like bad and un- unholy or just like um, poor low level things that everybody considers as like not good or less than that's that's where that's where love is found that's where uh, the peace is found that's where the divine is found and so even in this difficult Christmas. Even in probably one of the hardest Christmases most of us will experience, you can still experience that divine presence. I feel like we just wrapped up like four different times. We did. We'll 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 edit that together and make it work. Yeah, I can mash that. Anyway. All that to say. If you love us, let us go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that wraps it up. (laughs) Good night, Seattle. Hey, you know what, audience? You don't need our closure. Yeah, you don't need our closure. We don't need closure. This isn't the end. We'll be back in like two weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's true, actually. We will. And it'll be a fresh new half of the season where we're going to talk more about... Vaccines. Glendon's sexual fetishes. Wait, What? (laughs) See you in the new year.